0: Hello, everybody. I'm Party Parslow, and this is Party in China, the story of my fascinating, frustrating and very, very funny adventures teaching English in the Chinese provinces of Sichuan and Jiangsu. This is the truth, but it's not the whole truth because too much happened. And it's not nothing but the truth because there are jokes and hearsay and conjecture and guesses and mistakes. And because most of the time I had no idea what the hell was going on. This is episode six, and I've just arrived in De Young, excited to start my new career as a teacher of English as a foreign language. The day before term started, I wandered over to the school to have a look around and familiarise myself with the class layout, since Mr Wong's original guided tour had fallen on deaf ears. Well, my ears were deaf to every word except toilet. But now my mighty bowels were once again under my complete control as I confidently crossed the road To the school's rear gate. The guard there, a balding, happy chap, matched my confidence with a booming, hello! So I stopped to pass the time of day. In fact, I passed the time of 10 seconds, as hello was his only word in English. Hello was one of the most annoying aspects of my time in China. Strangers yelled, hello! Oh, in my face, behind my back, from passing vehicles, out of apartment windows, in bars, outside bars, in supermarket queues, at the urinal, everywhere and anywhere. For the first few months, I would answer, smile and try to start a basic conversation, whereupon the hello uh, would look embarrassed and either laugh or run away or both. The helloing was at its worst at the Young Foreign Language School, which has around 7,000 students, several hundred of whom would say hello to me as I walked from class to class. I am physiologically incapable of being polite to so many people individually. I'm quite happy to speak to a crowd of 50 or 500, but not one by one. So I made it into a game. I'd set a course from one building or classroom to another, and try to give a different response each time. They'd go, hello! I'd say, hello. Hello! G'day. Hello! Howdy. Hello! Hiya. Hello! Morning. How do? Afternoon. What's up? Hi. What's happening? Hi there. How you doing? Good to see ya. Great to see ya. Nice to see ya. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hello. Good morrow, good morrow fine sir, good morrow young lady, what's the go Joe, what do you say Ray, well met sir and even ahoy ahoy. If I made it all the way without repeating myself I'd have a beer when I got home. I rarely succeeded but it didn't matter, I was always going to have a beer when I got home. (sighs) On the day of my reconnaissance there were comparatively few students about. Several hundred settling into the dormitories early, trying to get the best bunks. And most of them just stared at me in shock. As I wasn't yet overwhelmed by, Hello! I was happy to chat to the ones who did speak to me, or at least tried to. After the initial, Hello! They had nothing else to add except for giggles and gawks. <laughs> the Yang foreign language school is huge. I found getting from one class to another within the 10-minute break between lessons to be problematic. Especially if you were on the top floor of one of the red brick buildings and had to walk down four or six flights across the campus and then up another four or six flights. It took even longer if impenetrable swarms of students were migrating down to the science labs or out to the sports fields. The school's massive auditorium is impressive. It seats thousands for student performances which are truly terrible or so I've been told, I never really attended. I thought I should, if not as their teacher, well, as research for the book, but I chickened out every time. Once I made it as far as opening the front door, but the high-pitched, off-key rendition of Beyonce's Halo, pronounced Halo, 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 sent me scuttling out of earshot. The oath by teachers and the oath by students are carved in stone on either side of a door on the main administration building. The words are inspiring, I suppose, but the lines are set out in a kind of weird open verse with the breaks in strange places. Oath by teachers. To put people first, we will enhance students' knowledge and moral conduct to be genuine and pragmatic... We will show the utmost care for our students to be. Diligent and dedicated to our work, we will. Be pioneering and original, we will be forward-looking. Individuals with pure spirits to be. Meticulously learned, we will pursue. Lifelong self-education and a healthy lifestyle. We will use the classroom as a platform To enlighten our students, we will develop the intelligence and capabilities of students through the four-stress standard classroom teaching system. We will exert ourselves to revitalise the Chinese nation. I think the four-stress standard classroom teaching system refers to um, reading, writing, listening and speaking. I remember asking Mr Wong about it once, but I don't appear to have written his answer down anywhere and can't be sure. Oath by Students To be a person who values life, I will always... ..be grateful and optimistic with a positive outlook to be. A person with great ambition, I will persistently... ..pursue knowledge and enhance my qualities to... Be a noble-minded person, I will behave with. Decorum, be thrifty and resolve to improve myself too. Be a person with a great sense of responsibility, I. Will strive to be a useful talent and serve my country with the utmost pride. You know, reading those oaths always filled me with the utmost enthusiasm. In front of the admin building is a pleasant enough courtyard which boasts several busts of such luminaries as Albert Einstein, Isaac Newton, Marie Curie, Thomas Edison and Confucius, who's the only one even remotely recognisable to me, and that's because I have no idea what he'd look like. The others are just awful. Einstein looks like a yeti. Sir Isaac appears to be the lead singer of an Icelandic thrash metal band. Madame Curie resembles Queen Victoria after a big night on tequila. I'll post some photos on my webpage so you can see for yourselves. The rear gate of the high school doubles as the rear gate of the primary school next door. As I wandered home again, two primary students skipped towards me, holding hands. A lovely sight, I thought, for two boys to be so unself-conscious about showing affection. When they saw me, they stuttered to a halt, looked up and simultaneously went... Wow! Their amazed eyes followed me as I passed them by, which was when I heard a much louder, Wow! I can only assume they were impressed by the size of my ass. Uh, 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 At last, my first day as a professional teacher arrived and went. Without me entering a classroom, they'd forgotten to give us our rosters. I say us because I'd been joined by another Antipodean... Trevor the Kiwi is about 20 years younger than me. He's nearly a head shorter and somewhere around half my weight. He's also dark-haired, so I often lost him in the throng of older high school students. Trevor had studied Mandarin at university for two years and almost immediately made the mistake of letting the students know, whereupon they would constantly try and speak Chinese instead of English because it's easier for them. Or, since they speak the local dialect, Sichuanhua, instead of Beijing Mandarin, Putonghua, they may just have been having a go at his accent, or probably both. Incidentally, when I finally received a very few of the many Chinese lessons promised in my contract, they also taught Putonghua, which is more or less useless in Sichuan. It's like teaching somebody Oxford English when they live and work in the Gorbals of Glasgow. I would often have locals shake their heads at my meagre efforts and wave a hand in my face, proclaiming, pu putonghua, pu putonghua, meaning, don't speak Beijing Mandarin to me. I apologize to any Mandarin speakers who are certain to be appalled by my accent. Sorry, or qi. My biggest problem with learning their language was the tones. The same combination of letters can mean very different things depending on whether you say them with an upward, downward, or flat intonation. There are also tones that go down, then up, and another that goes from high to low. I could not hear these tones. I'd memorise words okay, but sprout them in meaningless jibber jabber. My Mandarin teacher once listened to me read my homework out, then looked at my book to see what I thought I was saying, and told me, Oh, you say every word, but together it's not Chinese. Now we have tones in English too. If I say, darling, or darling, or darling, You'll know I'm happy with darling, I'm angry with darling, or I'm disappointed in darling. But it goes much further than that in Mandarin. Take the word ma, M-A. It can mean mother, horse, slow, and a dozen other things for a know. So here's a little story about mother riding a slow horse. Ma-ma-chi-ma, ma, ma. ma man ma ma-ma-ma. And here's how it's supposed to sound, complete with correct tones from a YouTube video. Mama, ma, mama, mama, mama. To this day, apart from a few phrases at the yum cha cart, the only people I can really understand when they speak Mandarin are either foreigners who learnt the same way I did, or a Western actor on TV who has learnt a phrase phonetically and sounds just as bad as I do, which correlates to the awful English of most Chinese teachers teaching English. Generations have learnt Chinglish with the same limited vocabulary, bad grammar, worse pronunciation and indecipherable diction. Walking around the school, I'd hear classes chanting away in English and I'd have to stop and spend a while analysing the drone to work out what they were learning. When exam time comes, students will do well as long as they repeat what they've been told. But after years of study, they still cannot speak actual English to any useful degree but they can write it much better than they speak. Trying to bridge the gap between their written and spoken English was why Trevor and I were there. Well, I was there to write a book, but they didn't know that. Whereas Trev was looking for a TEFL career. We'd met one day when... Oh, Mr Buddy, Wong is here! ...yet again boomed from downstairs. And I'm afraid I was less than welcoming at first, as I was already sick of these unannounced visits. But I friendlied up fast when I realised I had a new colleague and an instant best friend. When they left after a brief conversation, I called, Cheers, mate, down the stairwell. Cheers, mate, was a new one for Mr. Wong. Cheese, mate, he asked me the next day. Cheese, mate, or Mr. Buddy, what is cheese, mate? I assured him it was a friendly way to say goodbye and had the great pleasure of hearing him say cheese, mate, to people for a few weeks. Until Trevor took pity and told him the truth. In the next episode, I teach my first class. Mr. Wong and I have our first fight, and I eat my first testicle. Not my first testicle, I don't number mine. I mean, I eat a testicle for the first time. All that and more next time on Party in China. You've been listening to Party in China. For more, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast at Audio Boom, Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.